Shut up and sit down. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Faction Podcast. We are here for the Week 10 AFC Starts and Sits. I am Joe LaPenta, here as always with Armali. Yeah, big week this week, especially with uh, six teams on the bye week. So definitely listen up this week. AFC uh, is about to come up, and uh, we're going to attack it pretty hard, I think. This is the bipocalypse for many people. Last week was my personal bipocalypse, but... If you're wondering who to start and sit like me, this is the episode to listen to. So, Armali, as I mentioned, we're going to kick it off with the AFC teams and what's going to be the first game we're hitting. I prefer we go with the Chargers-Raiders and give people some hope because I think there's going to be a, a lot of potential starts in this game. That'll make sense being that it is the Thursday game, so we're going to hit the Chargers and Oakland Raiders. This is the 4-5 and five Chargers against the 4-4 four and four Oakland Raiders back at 500. John Gruden has a little bit of steam at his back, and he's ready to go over 500 for the first time this season. So, who is going to be the start of the week in this game? All right, Joe. So, do you prefer that I start with maybe a sleeper or a more quiet person, or do you want me to go with uh, what everybody prefers and what everybody's guaranteed that they're going to start this week? I want you to tell me who you would start this week. Your number one start this week. My number one start this week, um, other than the obvious, if we're looking at the Raiders with uh, Jacobs, I'm going to go with my boy Tyrell Williams. Uh, he's been performing well all season. He has missed two games this year, but in the six games he has played, uh, he's had a touchdown in five of them. So he's a big body. It seems David Carr likes him. He's a very good start. I would say a very safe start for this team. I really like Tyrell Williams as well. The Chargers have not allowed a lot of passing yards but they have given up a lot of touchdowns. So we will see what goes on with him. But uh, Josh Jacobs is an obvious start, as you said. Um, Darren Waller is probably the biggest start here. I'm more confident in him than Williams. Uh, It's a big opportunity in the middle of the field. They are in the bottom of the league against tight ends. They've allowed three touchdowns. They did come in one game against Houston, but they have not faced very many good tight ends this year. So I could easily see Darren Waller with like 60 yards and a touchdown, even if it's only one or two targets. So he's probably startable anyways, because you probably need him to start unless you had somebody like Kelsey or Kittle. But I would feel more confident starting him this week than in the previous weeks where he kind of didn't do that great. Yeah, Waller is a definite start just because of the position. Like you mentioned, not everybody's wealthy at that position where they can interchange two guys as you go throughout the weeks. Something to worry about, only two receptions last week. He's just seeing a lot of double teams. So I think the secret is out uh, with the defensive coordinators out there that he is talented. He is their number one weapon on that passing game. And that's why my focus shifted to Williams this week, just because Waller is going to continue to see those double teams. He does focus a lot, like you said, in the middle of the field. They might leave Williams um, open um, on the corner routes. I mean, you are right. It could go either way think i'm gonna feel more confident in waller though than williams this week i mean but we'll see what happens um on the charger side of the ball i think philip rivers is going to be an obvious start 
Raiders have given up uh, big games to quarterbacks, especially in the most recent games. They gave up three touchdowns to Watson and five touchdowns to Rodgers. But really, I think this is going to be a Keenan Allen rebound game. Uh, if Rivers is going to have a big game, he needs to throw somebody, and that's his number one receiver, Keenan Allen. Plus, I know he's Keenan Allen, so you're probably not going to sit him anyways, but in the past weeks, you've been really disappointed in his performance. So do you think he could come back and be that wide receiver one again? Yeah, extremely disappointed in him after weeks one through three. Uh, he's still a wide receiver one simply because he invested a lot in him. He's still talented. He's still seeing a decent amount of targets. Just because of this matchup against the Raiders, uh, they do allow the second most points to wide receivers. If Keenan Allen doesn't perform in this type of matchup, I would be very worried for his outlook the rest of the season because either they're writing him off, you know, maybe a little bit where they're relying on their big plays and they're focusing towards other guys and using him more of as a decoy. But definitely a start this week, wide receiver one, I think is going to have a big game. He's just due for one. And Mike Williams, he is touchdownless this season. I think he'll probably get a touchdown here. It might be only one catch. But it might be a touchdown in the first of the season, so cross yeah, your fingers. Yeah, for which Williams. is fine. And the the last five games, he's actually had more targets or seen more targets than Allen has. So he's a really good wide receiver too in this potential shootout of, of a game. Um, how about the running backs? Are you staying off either one of those guys, or just because of the mat- matchup, you're rolling both of them out there safely? Now, you may think that the Raiders might be a bad running back matchup, but they're actually not terrible. Uh, they've limited total yards on the ground. They gave up five touchdowns this year on the ground, but three of them came against the Vikings. Cook, Thielen, and Madison all had touchdowns against them in one game. Then you got one from Montgomery and one from Aaron Rodgers. So one of those five came from somebody other than the running back position. I know Melvin Gordon kind of had his breakout game last week, but I still can't trust him. Uh, you know, I got to see another week from him, as we've said before, of other running backs. I think I'm going to flex Eckler, though, because he's going to get those catches, and Phillip Rivers is going to be passing it. Like I said, if Phillip Rivers is going to have a good game, then the production has to go to some receiver. Yeah, with Eckler especially, I'm not too worried about him, just because, like you said, they use him as a receiver a lot out there, so he's going to see his receptions, especially in this matchup. Melvin Gordon, something positive takeaway from last week. He did have 20 carries, so he is seeing more, you know, just workhorse type of duties back there with those 20 carries. So he's an RB2 for me this week. I saw it last week, so I should only expect better things from him to come. I could see that. I just need to see one more game from him. Like, you needed one more game from Montgomery. I just need one more game from Gordon. Uh, of the quarterbacks, I'd rather start Rivers over Carr, but Carr is still a pretty good start if you need him. Yeah, if you're desperate for Carr, start him. I'm just worried they're going to focus on Jacobs a lot this week. It was obviously a Mart's start, but we can go to another matchup at this point. Yep, and the next one is going to be the Ravens versus the Bengals. And I think we could just go without saying that Lamar Jackson is a must-start. Uh, he has kind of declined on the passing game this year as comparison to last year, but he is still very efficient, and he is still getting that rushing production, so you're going to start him for sure, right? Yeah, he's a definite start. He's the number one player in fantasy this year, number one running back this year also. <laughs> so any any uh, passing yards, he's just sprinkling onto you, so I'm not too worried about that. He's um, on pace for about 1,200 yards so far. He is, yeah, and that's uh, number one number one value up there. Their running game, I think, I think a lot of guys are just going to have a great game as far as uh, 
the Ravens go. Even Marquise Brown is a start for me simply because that Cincinnati defense is just pretty awful. So he's also a start for me. Mark Mark Ingram, he's going to see volume. I would even focus on guys like Gus Edwards simply because this might be a blowout type of game early in the first quarter, I would say, just because the Cincinnati Bengals are so bad. So if you have to stream somebody like a Gus Edwards, I'll think about it. Mark Ingram is definitely going to fall into the end zone at some point this game, even if it's on accident. Uh, You mentioned Gus Edwards. I know he got a lot of the secondary work last week. One guy I want to see is Justice Hill. It would be great if they jumped out to a lead and then put Justice Hill in the game to see what his capabilities are. This guy has a lot of potential. He's fast. He's strong. And being that Mark Ingram is 30 years old, I think it would be a good opportunity to see what the young guy could do. If you're moving over to the tight end position, Mark Andrews, who hasn't been the greatest of late, I would still start him at tight end. I mean, he's leading the team in targets and receptions. He's on pace to go over 1,000 yards and and 6.5 touchdowns, which would likely make him a top 5 tight end by the end of the season. So I am locked and loaded with Mark Andrews against the Bengals, this terrible defense. Yeah, I think this will be a good uh, day for the passing game of the Ravens simply because they might want to see what their quarterback wants to show just because it is against a bad defense. So they might, you know, give him a little bit more flexibility and take more risks. So keep definitely keep an eye on our Mark Andrews. He's the favorite there. And then also on Marquise Brown, I know he's big play potential, but why wouldn't they take a bunch of shots down the field when they're going against very weak uh, cornerbacks? That's true. One thing about Lamar Jackson, as I mentioned, his passing production went down a little bit. He hasn't been taking as many deep balls, but that's also maybe because he hasn't had anyone on the field to catch those passes. I wouldn't want to start Hollywood Brown confidently, but if I need a flex, I would start him in that flex position. But otherwise, I'm ignoring all other uh, Ravens receivers. On the Bengals side of the ball, I'm going to say sit everybody, but more importantly, Sit Joe Mixon. You may have drafted him, like myself, in one of my leagues in the second round when I sat there and said, I don't want to draft Joe Mixon. I don't want to draft Joe Mixon. I don't want him on my team. But it was the end of the second round. I thought maybe it's pretty good value. Maybe he'll turn it around. So I am going to sit him. You may not have a choice because he may be your RB1 if you took a wide receiver you know, in the first round. But the Ravens have done very well against the run this season, and they've only gave up uh, one big game, and that was to Nick Chubb. And he scored four touchdowns on December, on September 29th. Uh, since then, they've only allowed James Conner to score a touchdown. So, Yeah, I mean, same here. I don't like anybody to start from this team. If A.J. Green does play, it doesn't seem like he's going to play because he hasn't practiced yet and still listed as day-to-day. A.J. Green is going to play, and the word comes out. Just start him because it's A.J. Green, not because he's guaranteed to produce or I'm making a prediction he's going to have a big game. I just feel that's good karma. Just start A.J. Green. Feel bad for the man. Just, you know, give him some run on your fantasy team at least. You know, If you start him in your fantasy league, maybe he'll go off and be a better person in real life. You never know. You so never know. Start A.J. Green. It's like the miracle of Christmas. Start him and he'll do well. Um, actually, Tyler Boyd, who has done pretty well this season, only has one touchdown. One touchdown. So there is opportunity for A.J. Green to come out of the field and own the receiving game here. And they need a breath of fresh air, and maybe he'll do it. Yeah, they just like force feed him because they'll be excited. and you know. <laughs> But anyway, we can jump up to the next game. 
All right, so the next one is Buffalo versus Cleveland. So we got the Buffalo Bills against the Cleveland Browns. Josh Allen, what do you think about him against the Browns this week? I'll, I'll start him against the Browns. I think this is going to be a competitive game, not because the Browns are good, but just because of the slow pace of the Bills game. So I, I would expect him to run a lot again this week. He's had a couple of, you know, not explosive back-to-back games. Not bad games by any means, but I would start Josh Allen, especially with six teams on bye week. You have a couple of good quarterbacks that are going to be gone, you know, with your Tom Brady's, Wentz, um, the Texans, and Watson. They're not playing this week, so I would start him if you have to stream him if because he's, he's still available in about a third of the leagues. I'd pick him up and at this point even keep storing him as your QB too. Yeah, I have him in one of my leagues, and I've been stashing him for a while. I've started him the past two weeks. This week, I'm kind of unsure. You know, I think this is just going to be a running week. Last week, he only had about 180 yards through the air. He had one touchdown and one touchdown on the ground. The The Browns are just bad. <laughs> they're yeah, not going to do much on the e- offense. Yeah, they're not going to do much on offense. Their their defense is not terrible though. But yeah, like like you said, it's just going to be a ground and pound game. Devin Singletary. I'm hoping for another big week with him. Do you think this was a one time <laughs> wonder that he had 20 carries last week, or are you expecting another just you know true running back one workhorse type of mentality by a rushing a team that loves to run the ball? Well, last week, as we had mentioned, Frank Gore had three goal line opportunities and did nothing with it. And to me, that kind of just sealed his fate as, you know, being old man Gore, his age is starting to show. So although he's been great throughout his career, Devin Singletary has been very explosive. He's shown new production in the passing game, in the running game. He seems like he's truly a three down back and every team wants a three down back. You don't want to do this committee if you don't have to. So I think he's going to get the lion's share of the carries, maybe not 20 carries, but, you know, 15 guaranteed, I think, week in and week out. In this game, I think they're going to put in Frank Gore just because I think they're going to um, not have to, but they're not going to have to keep up with the score, so they might kind of rest Singletary for the long stretch. Yes, Singletary, I think they the next couple of games especially, they're going to want to see if if he can be that savior for that offense to give him some big play potential because their only big play potential so far this season has really been Josh Allen running with the ball and see if he can run in for a touchdown. Other than that, they've been a grind-it-out type of team. Definitely roll Singletary out there. Don't hesitate. This is a running team. They want to see what this new toy can do. They're going to try to put him in position for big plays in specific so they can see what they have as they head towards the playoffs. Yeah, he's going to be the centerpiece of the office, I think. One interesting thing is John Brown's been their lead receiver with 603 yards and two touchdowns. Did you hear Des Bryant is calling out to teams now saying that he wants to try out for them? What if Des Bryant landed on the Bills? I didn't think Des Bryant had ever stopped calling out to teams because he seems <laughs> like he really wants a job. I mean, I feel really bad what happened to him last year with the Saints. I thought that was a good position for him to have a decent year. Um, jump. I mean, John Brown, I think, has got a hold on that position. They have Beasley in the slot. So I don't think they're going to bother with a guy like Des Bryant simply because this is a younger team. Uh, they don't want to ruin the locker room that they have because they are overachieving this year. So I think they're staying away. If I was a you know a big-time team like you know your Patriots and Packers, yeah, I'll take a flyer on Des Bryant. Why not? 
They, yeah, they probably won't reach out to someone like Des because they had an opportunity at Josh Gordon and didn't even put in a waiver claim for it. Uh, the Seahawks were the 28th position, I think it was, and they got Josh Gordon. No one yeah, that's them. pretty crazy. I I would have imagined a lot more teams would have been you know more eager to get that type of player, but I guess I, not. I think the Bills would have been a good fit too because you know Josh Allen can't throw the ball accurately. True. Um. So of the wide receivers, Odell Beckham. Are we just still sitting him? I'm not sitting Odell Beckham. He's still getting you your ten points per game. So you have to be Is really deep. Yeah, you have to be really deep at He's that averaging... at that position to get um to be able to bench Odell. Same with Jarvis Landry, even though. Throughout the season, he's been more consistent than Odell. But Odell's averaging under 50 yards a game, though. And he's actually... Or, I'm sorry, about 50 yards. 57. He, yeah. And he fumbled away a loss for many fantasy owners. People were up by one or two points, and then he fumbled, and they lost their weeks. I think you may start Odell only because you drafted him in the first round, and you're just hoping that he pulls through... But yeah, if you have other options, I'm sitting on I, I think he's going to see his targets um, just like he has the last, you know, last five games. He's averaging about eight targets per game. So he's averaging, like you said, around 50 yards, no touchdowns. If you're in a PPR league, somebody's getting you five, six catches a game. That's pretty good. This is, you know, a very tough schedule that they've had, especially the last two games going against New England, Denver, and then now a really good Bills defense. So I would stick with him there. If you're very wealthy at that position, by all means, just sit him and then just wait what he see if he does anything. But for him to have a good season, it's going to be more so this offense turning things around rather than Odell turning things around. By no means am I blaming him. It's all Baker Bayfield's fault. I mean, he's doing terrible this season. Seven touchdowns with 12 interceptions. He's completely inaccurate. He's missing his guys left and right over their heads. But we are missing the most important thing probably here, and I'm shocked I didn't say it sooner. Kareem Hunt, what is he going to do when he comes back? The coaches have already said he will definitely have a role, and we're talking about this banged-up, crappy receiving core. This could be the slot guy. This could be the slot guy, but this is the first game coming back, so I'm guessing he sees, what, more than 15 snaps, you're saying, and maybe five touches at best. Um, I, would, I would actually be really surprised if he has more than five touches this game. I just don't think they're just going to throw him out there and be like, hey, let's see what you can do. I don't think they're going to throw him out there like you said. It's going to be a very minimal workload, but I am definitely interested to see him on the field. It's been a long time since we've seen him play. And, you know, if he's available, he's definitely a stash candidate. Obviously, they've expressed some interest in him already. Nick Chubb has had a couple of fumble issues. You know, why not put Kareem Hunt in here and see if he could revitalize this offense? Yeah, very good hand, handcuff uh, running back right now. Probably the best in the league just because we have seen his potential. Whereas with other handcuff running backs like Madison and Penny, we've never seen him have like a full load before. So if there is a handcuff to be had, go out there and grab him. He's a sit for me unless your team is just super stacked and you're going against the worst team in fantasy and you're like, I'm just going to roll him out there just to make fun of this guy. Then by all means, do that. Do the same thing with Baker Mayfield. If your team is super stacked, yeah, start Baker Mayfield. Are you kidding me? I don't care about three interceptions. But other than that, Odell is a start for me. Jarvis Landry, if you if you need somebody to start, yeah, then I would start him. But 
He's he's not the safest person out there. I'm starting Landry over Odell. No, I'm not. Okay, we'll see. We will see, Joe. <laughs> All right, so we got the New York Giants and the New York Jets next. I was just saying early, both of these guys play in New Jersey. Why are they from New York? I don't get it. We got a 2-7 and seven team versus a 1-7 and seven team. Because New Jersey is where it's at, Joe. <laughs> so what do you think about the matchups here? Ugh, it's not the best. We got Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley against Sam Darnold and a possibly injured Le'Veon Bell. If we're looking at the quarterback position here, who would you start of these two? Would I start of those two if I was forced? I would go with Daniel Jones just because he has had a couple of good games this season already. Uh, even though most most of his guys are injured right now, we, they just reported earlier today that Evan Ingram is going to be out for Sunday. Uh, Shepard seems to always be, be out this season because he had his third straight concussion. So I, I personally protocol. think if you... If, you, if you're stashing him on your team because he is very talented, this is a point to drop Shepard. There's just no more point after, you know, he's on a losing team after the third head injury. He's a drop. Golden Tate is a must start, though. Somebody has got to catch these balls, and it's not just going to be poor Saquon. I am starting Daniel Jones as well. I think he's a pretty competent quarterback. I think he'll probably be the number two rookie quarterback this season because I think Kyler's still going to finish this in number one. But it's surprising seeing Daniel Jones go out there on a terrible team and you see um, Dwayne Haskins go out there on a terrible team and Daniel Jones is more competent. Who would have thought about it? You know, the Giants were laughed at for picking him six, but... He's very calm. He doesn't get too flustered, and he just keeps going and doing his own thing, and whatever happens, happens. And he's going to need some time to learn, but I think he will turn out to be a very good quarterback in this league. I actually wanted the Packers to draft him to be the backup to Aaron Rodgers and the future successors of the team. It didn't happen that way. He went to the Giants. But as you said, I am supporting Daniel Jones. Obviously, you're starting in Saquon Barkley, and as you said, Golden Tate's a must-start. But then somebody else, there has to be another piece of that offense. So I'm very interested in Darius Slayton. I'm excited, I'm excited to see this guy play. He had five targets for two touchdowns against the Lions, and he had four targets last week. But it was a tough matchup against the Cowboys, and I think he only caught one of those targets. But around five targets, when you know you have your top names playing, he's very explosive, and I am really excited to see what this guy could do. So I think it's just a good opportunity to start him as like a flex or a deep sleeper if you really need him. If you're in a three wide receiver league and you need an extra wide receiver, he could be that one. Yeah, he's definitely a good guy to stash, especially because of the continuing injuries with Ingram and Shepard. So they're they are still a pass heavy offense because, you know, they're always after the first quarter they're going usually down by at least a touchdown or two. So they're gonna be more pass heavy as the season progresses. So yeah, he's definitely going to have some value. He's a he's a good kid. Keep your eyes on if you need to use him this week. By all means, do because I think they're going to throw the ball a lot this game after the first half. Um, yeah, start him. And on the Jets side of the ball, I'm only starting Darnold in an emergency. If you're in a two QB league and you need a second quarterback, like an absolute emergency, that's the only time I'm starting Darnold. Of the team, though, the only one that I would feel comfortable starting is Jameson Crowder. He's going to be their number one wide receiver from here out, I think. I mean, the dude was a target machine last week. And 
I think you could count on that going forward because he's really the only one that <laughs> Sam Darnold has shown some sort of rapport with thus far since he's been back. Yeah, that's because Crowder is also a veteran, so he's learned you know what mistakes that quarterback likes to make and what you know what the quarterback is comfortable with, so he knows where to be for those six to ten yard catches. Uh, how, how about Le'Veon Bell? I know he was reported and he's questionable right now because he was feeling sore and did not practice on Wednesday. Are you still starting Le'Veon if he's out there? or? Well, what's funny is that he had a second MRI this season. And they just said, oh, it's for no reason. He's okay. He's okay. He's just going to MRI. So he just wanted to get an MRI just to make sure everything was okay. You know? yeah, just I mean, wanted to get things he's never out. played a full season either. And I hope that he doesn't play a full season this year just because <laughs> you sign him to a four-year contract. You still owe him a lot of money. Save him for next year. He is a running back. They, you know, they do have expiration date on their legs. But he's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry this season. This is from Le'Veon Bell. So that patience in the backfield is not paying off because nobody's blocking for him. He's getting tackled in the backfield. Exactly. He doesn't have that Steelers line. And this is one thing that we talked about before. Um, I probably talked about it with you. I talked about it with everyone. That patient running style just won't work on the Jets because it's just not possible when you have nothing in your offensive line. Whether he plays or not this week, I don't know. I heard a report previously to us recording that he will play, but that could always change. If he is going to play, I think you have to start him against this Giants defense. The Giants have surprised you and have played the pass heavy, have played the run heavy when you thought this is a defense you could manipulate and start constantly. Whatever players you have, start against the Giants. But they have surprised you. If I have Le'Veon Bell, I'm going to have to take the shot, though, and start him if he plays. Yeah, if I have Le'Veon Bell, I'll try to find somebody in your league that doesn't pay as much attention. Maybe a team that's, you know, 4-5 and five right now, and they still think they have a chance to make the playoffs. Be like, hey, I'll give you Le'Veon Bell and see if you can get a wide receiver, too, or if you can get a starting tight end, because that name still carries a lot. Uh, so see if you can trick somebody in the, in the trade. Um, Earlier in the season, I offered somebody... Uh, Philip Lindsay and Tyler Lockett for Le'Veon Bell. Ooh. And that was early in the season before yeah, Tyler Lockett really through. popped off. And before Philip Lindsay had like those two 20 point games, I was just nervous and I was like, oh yeah, I'll give you these guys. Tyler Lockett has really popped off though. And then just in value alone, Philip Lindsay has outperformed Le'Veon Bell. So. If he just traded me straight up for Lindsay, he would have won that trade as of right now. But thank God I didn't do that. Yeah, only <laughs> only person on the receiving core, at least for the Giants, is um, Golden Tate, like a surefire start for the rest of the season where you never have to think about it. So is he Agreed. a true wide receiver one? Wide receiver like, one, you just, no. You, wide receiver you never two. take him out of your lineup. I mean, I would never take him out of my lineup. In my second wide receiver position. <laughs> Fair enough. You must be wealthy at that position. Oh, well, I got Devontae Adams, Tyler Lockett, oh, and Chris okay. Godwin in one league. I thought you had Odell. Oh, wait, that's me. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Golden Tate should not be your wide receiver one because on draft day you should have uh, drafted somebody. Yeah, like, you know, Golden Odell Tate. and maybe Juju. Like, you know, when, <laughs> when the snake takes its turn at that end of the... <laughs> First round and beginning of the second round, yeah, you made great decisions then. 
you know, Golden Tate is still not your number one. Anyway, we can. Well, move he on might to be your fourth number one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So number one on the list then. Okay. All right, Chiefs and Titans. What do we got about the Chiefs and Titans now? Patrick Mahomes is supposed to come back this week. As I mentioned earlier in the last podcast, if you're worried about Travis Kelsey, don't be. He will have his time. Mahomes is coming back. We're all good there. I think the biggest question mark in this uh, game after last week is Damian Williams. What do you think about Damian Williams? Do you think he could be an RB2? I'm not going to say RB1 because I don't think that. But do you think he could be an RB2 going forward? RB2 flex going forward. I saw enough from him last week that they might want to give him the ball again. He had four times more carries than LaShawn McCoy, so maybe they're trying to lean away from LaShawn McCoy a little bit. Maybe the old man is breaking down. Who knows? Damian Williams was injured earlier in the season, so maybe he's just getting you know his feed back to him. He played really well last year. So what changed uh, with this offense? The quarterback is back. Patrick Mahomes is back. Tyreek Hill is back. Sammy Watkins is healthy. Travis Kelsey is there. He is going to have open lanes, whether it's in the passing game or in the running game. So if you had him and you were patient enough to stick with him and you didn't trade him or you know do something like drop him because you got so mad one week, I would start him this week, especially because of the bye weeks. A lot of good teams on bye, like we uh, told you guys earlier. Start Damian Williams this week. I think he'll pay off. I don't think they're going to try to light up the scoreboard with Patrick Mahomes. I think they do try to run the game. Damian Williams is not my favorite running back, but I do think he's an okay running back. Patrick Mahomes is back, as you said. It'll take some attention off of him. McCoy, I think his biggest problem has been the fumbles so far this year. And because of the fumbles, that's why they kind of turned to Damian Williams. Last week, most of his yards, Damian's, did come off of a 91-yard touchdown run. But he has that kind of explosion that McCoy does not. I would start Damian Williams this week, especially because the Titans' defense has not been as great as people thought it was before. So we'll see if they continue to be labeled like an elite defense in this league. But I think the Chiefs are going to pick them apart this week. So I will start Damian Williams as my RB2 or my flex. I do not feel confident as him being my RB1. But you might have drafted him in the third round. You might have went wide receiver, wide receiver. And if you did do that, this is a very positive sign because he has not shown any promise of being a wide receiver one up until this point. So I think you have to be excited for what's to come there. About Sammy Watkins, how's, how's he going for the rest of the season, especially with Mahomes back if he's healthy? Are you, is he a must-start the rest of the season? Because I feel with Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, and Kelsey all being healthy and you know having some spring in their legs right now, are you totally avoiding Demarcus Robinson... Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman, those guys are yeah. just totally lost for the rest those of the guys, season, in my opinion. Like I wouldn't even glance at them as a possibility. Those guys I don't even think you could roster a spot for right now. Sammy Watkins I'm not thrilled about, but there has to be a wide receiver two on a team, and if anyone is the wide receiver two, it's going to be Sammy Watkins. So I'm not starting him this week, but it's definitely somebody I would hold and wait till the next week. This week, I'm only starting Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, and Damian Williams. Of course, Patrick Mahomes. Just because I got to see that first week, as you mentioned, they might not really um, you know, put him all the way out there. He may have to be limited in his throws and his runs, personally, Mahomes, because he does run around a lot. But I think he is going to be a little bit limited just to get that 
rust off, and they don't need to come out, you know, full force against the Titans. And then we can move on to the Titans side of the ball, where we have my boy Ryan Tannenhill, who's been playing pretty yeah. decently. They, I'm starting Ryan Tannenhill. I'm definitely starting Ryan Tannenhill, especially on this matchup. You know they're going to get down, like you said earlier, that defense is not going to hold up of the Titans against this Chiefs team. So come the second half, Ryan Tannenhill might have over 200 yards in the second half alone. He can run the ball a little bit, so don't be surprised if he gives you 30, 40 yards out of or the backfield. Or a rushing touchdown. He's or or to a rushing, rushing touchdowns. Touchdown. Yeah, he, he's a very athletic quarterback. I feel like people forget that about him a lot. I'm starting Derrick Henry, obviously. Of the wide receivers, that's where it kind of gets tricky because you know somebody is going to get, or some buddies, a couple of people are going to get that volume because I feel like they will throw the ball 40 times this game just simply because they have to. A.J. Brown, I'll start A.J. Brown. I am starting A.J. Brown over... I am starting A.J. Brown over Corey Davis. Do you agree? Yeah, Corey Davis is just... Such a cool-looking guy, and you think he's going to do so well, and he did well. I think the first game Ryan Tannenhill started, I believe he had like six receptions, and I was like, oh, yeah, if he's out there, go grab him right now. If he's out there, don't bother grabbing him unless you're very <laughs> desperate and he's like, you know, a third cousin to you or something like that. I think that other teams still do think, oh, Corey Davis, this guy is the guy they want to feed. This is the guy they want to be the wide receiver one. So I think Corey Davis does still man most of the top coverage. But I think at this point, A.J. Brown's just a bigger body. He's more dominant. He's a go-for-the-ball type of receiver. He'll fight you for that ball. And if you're looking for a red zone target and you're down and you're trying to score, you're looking for A.J. Brown and not Corey Davis. Yeah, I totally agree there. And I don't know if Delaney Walker is playing or not this week, but if he is out there and need a tight end, I would look at either one of those tight ends, especially if Delaney Walker is not playing. What's the backup's name? Uh, Jonu Smith. There you go, Jonu Smith, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Either Jonu. one of them are with a start. I'm pretty sure it's Jonu. That's what they say on okay, TV. Okay, well, Jonu sounds a lot cooler. Maybe it does. they're wrong. How do you know? It's not maybe, the man saying it himself. I was just going to say... Maybe you're right. Maybe it is John because there's just a bunch of idiot white people on TV saying John <laughs> Yeah, and I'm a cultured white person because I'm from another country and speak two and a half languages. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like American white. <laughs> um, Dolphins, Colts, are we ready to move on? Or are we good? Or- yeah, I guess we can do the Dolphins. I keep telling you we should skip the Dolphins every week and just not talk about them. What do you say no? Because they're playing another team that we have to talk about. It's like, oh, okay, great, that makes sense because it does. But yeah, we can talk about the Dolphins. Who wants to talk about the Dolphins? I understand. Who do you want to start from the Dolphins? No one. Fitzmagic. No, I'm not starting Fitzpatrick. There's especially at the quarterback position. There's better options out there. I mean, I'll probably start Sam Darnold before I start a Miami Dolphin. I don't know why I really dislike Miami this year, but. Because they suck, but I'm literally yeah. not starting anyone on Miami this week, I don't think. And I know Devontae Parker has been doing well, but I think I'm foregoing Devontae Parker because with Preston Williams injured and their lack of receivers, I think Devontae Parker is going to receive all the attention. So I think everyone on the Dolphins is a sit this week. Yeah, one guy I had my eyes on on the tight end that's a start for me is uh, Mike Gesicki. Gesicki. Yeah, Gesicki. Okay, well, sorry, Joe. This is my second or second and a half language, like I said. Uh, 
God, with the judgments. But yeah, he, he had a pretty good game last week. Uh, six targets, six uh, receptions, 95 yards, no touchdowns. But that team doesn't really score touchdowns, so that's not his fault. But if you need a tight end, especially with there's quite a few of them injured and quite a few of them on bye weeks, he's somebody to keep an eye on. Like I had Evan Ingram injured this week, and that's somebody that I'm going to pick up to start for me this week just because he is a body out there. I'd rather get four points and get nothing, I guess. Yeah, Kasiki could get you 60-some, 70-some yards and get six or seven non-PPR points, you know. So that's not bad. That's not a bad call there. All right, enough about the Dolphins. Colts, who are we starting now? T.Y. Hilton is out. We're going to start Marlon Mack, obviously. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. I'm not sure if he's in or out. Have you heard something he's about that? He's still questionable. He's leaning towards starting, though. That's what they've been saying. Well, it didn't look that his bad. His last couple of days, yeah. So He was on the sideline kind of Even if Brian Hoyer out. is playing, and if you need to stream somebody, Brian Hoyer is not that bad of an option. He did really, really well last week. I believe he had three touchdowns, three touchdowns last week. Yeah, yeah so that's Very that's limited yardage, though. It's only about 180 yards. So. Yeah, one person to definitely start, other than Marlon Mack on this team, Do it. is Zach yep. Pascal. Why? Because, like you said, T.Y. Hilton is out. Paris Campbell is out. And then they have Eric Abron and Jack Doyle. Who knows what those guys are going to do. But definitely start Zach Pascal. They're going to pass the ball some just so they can, you know, get some practice in. Because this is, you know, really like a hard tackle practice for for a much better team in the Colts uh, versus the Dolphins. So he's definitely a must start for me. I think he's going to put up really big numbers. Chester Rogers. I know this is someone you said uh, last week that you really liked and somebody to keep an eye on. Um, how confident are you in starting him? If I need a flex start, then I'll do Chester Rogers. But if you were going after either of these guys, both of them are probably on your waiver wire. So my top priority on my personal waiver wire was Zach Pascal. So I would have added him before Chester Rogers. But he can't be the only man in town, and he really is the only man in town right now. So I think Chester Rogers is a viable flex. As I mentioned before, last year he did pretty well in the absence of T.Y. Hilton. Other than that, the tight ends, as you mentioned, it's entirely random every week. Uh, A lot of people thought Eric Ebron would be a lot more explosive this season, but I knew with Jack Doyle coming back that he would be the more reliable target. They may see a couple extra targets, but with them lining up you know, two tight end sets, I really can't say... Which one of them would get those extra targets? Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing attempts in this game, especially because I think that coach, if the running game is working, I would expect backup running backs, whether it be, you know, Hines get a couple of carries, uh, or especially Wilkins, uh, that they like to use a little bit more in the actual running game. But I feel like this game is going to be a blowout. It's a, if, if you have the Colts defense, or if you don't, definitely stream them this week this is a great week to stream a defense and you know get 12 13 points out of a really good defense i agree i mean they're already a pretty good defense going up against the dolphins they're going to be even greater defense but i think it's about time we move on to the los angeles rams at the pittsburgh steelers and this will be our last game for this episode so this one's a little iffy as well you know, you're obviously going to start Cooper Cup. Todd Gurley is a little bit of a question mark when asked about the role that Todd Gurley, Malcolm Brown, and Daryl Henderson would have when Malcolm Brown comes back. McVay was unable to give a definitive answer. 
as we've seen, Daryl Henderson has been more involved in the running game with Todd Gurley. So are we still feeling confident starting Gurley going forward? I'm not starting Gurley this week simply because this Pittsburgh defense is just on a tear lately. Um, I think they have like eight first-rounders on this defense, and Fitzpatrick was somebody that they added this year as well. This is just a really difficult team to do anything offensively right now. Todd Gurley, the last five weeks, he had a high of 51 yards, and that was against Seattle three weeks ago. He also had couple of touchdowns that game but he's not if he's not running like for a touchdown or just tripping and falling for a touchdown he's not really getting you anything he's been averaging around 40 yards per game the last five weeks I'm staying away from Todd Gurley unless you're just so desperate at that position but I'm staying away and seeing if I have somebody like Pascal that can start on my flex pick somebody up like that Um, I would definitely sit him if I didn't need him desperately I would say you might need him desperately just because of draft capital, but actually, when you drafted, he was probably pretty low in the third or the fourth round. He's averaging under four yards per carry this season, and he does have six touchdowns because, as you said, he falls into the end zone. I am not feeling particularly confident. If you look at his counterpart on the other side of Pittsburgh, James Conner is supposed to return this week. Um, he said he's looking pretty good. James Conner hasn't done so hot himself, though, so this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, He's also under four yards per carry, and he only has four touchdowns this season. Uh, And when he comes back, it's not absolutely sure that he's going to get the lion's share of the work as Jalen Samuels is back and had a ton of work in the passing game last week with 13 receptions. So is James Conner an RB1 again, or is he more of an RB2? No, especially coming off an injury... I would lean more towards RB2 because also Jalen Samuels played really well last week, so I think they're going to try to explore some new things with him, whether Connery is available or not. Benny Snell is injured this week. Trey Edmonds, I got a lot of carries, is listed as questionable this week. So if James Conner is there, obviously you start him. He's a good RB2. But I'll I'll start Samuels over him, even if James Conner is playing. I just feel like this team is going to want to see what they have in Samuels Similar to how we were talking about Singletary earlier, this is a guy that can be a big play potential for a team that really needs it because their other big play potential guy in Juju Smith-Schuster has not really showed up this year. So I think they're looking for anything that can you know get them into a more competitive field as the playoffs are approaching and they're trying to improve their record. You know what? That's pretty bold, Samuels over Connors, but... Something we failed to mention in our review episode is that, um, did you see the game last week with the touchdown run where they took away Jalen Samuels' touchdown run? I didn't see that game, no. Dude, it was a touchdown run. They took it away because they said his knee was down, but what actually happened, if you watch the video, go on YouTube and watch it, I'm telling you. The defender's hand was underneath his knee when the ball broke the plane, so it technically was a touchdown because his knee did not touch the ground. It touched the defender's hand, and they took that touchdown away from him. Why do I know so much about this? Because I started Jalen Samuels last week. (laughs) Who do you have for the rest of the season? Who are you more confidently starting, Juju Smith-Schuster or uh, Todd Gurley? For the rest of the season. (laughs) Todd Gurley. Okay. Juju's just not with a good quarterback. 
Deontay Johnson was almost an even split with Juju Smith-Schuster up until last week, so I just can't feel real confident starting Juju, especially because people picked him at the end of the first round. I'm going with Todd Gurley when people picked him in the second or the third round. Can I give you a little fun fact about Todd Gurley? So in our league the last two years... I obviously consider myself a fantasy playoff player. So when people tell me, hey, are you good at fantasy? I'm like, well, I make the playoffs. And I Every usually year. and I usually don't ever miss out of the playoffs, regardless what league I'm in and regardless what sport. It doesn't matter. But Todd Gurley, I made it to the championship the last two years. And I've lost to Todd Gurley for two years in a row. And it was different <laughs> people that had him. Todd Gurley this year is projected to finish the season with 710 yards. That's nothing. Let's let's end that there. <laughs> I'm winning the championship this year. Sleep easy. Ermali is winning a fantasy championship this year. All right, guys. Thank you for the listen. Thank you for all your love and support. Please rate us, subscribe, like, review. Please do whatever you need to do. We want to hear your feedback, and we want to hear about how we can improve. Uh, you know what we could do differently again follow me on twitter at fff joe lapenta three f's joe lapenta i am gonna get right back in the twitter game now that we're back in this podcasting game and Armali, what do you got to say to the fans before we go i'll say thank you for listening and then listen to our nfc portion of the podcast that's uh, going to be in a different episode where i rip into the bears again but i will also pick them to win this game <laughs> just promise us you won't turn it into a 10 minute bears rant again no 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 promises no there promises. all right guys again thank you for listening see you soon